Scenes podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is such a sight you want to see, Mars. Aww. Based on this movie, <laughs> though, I'm like, is that sarcasm? <laughs> I guess it's not quite the compliment it would normally be when it's yeah. like... Context. Mm. Context is key. <laughs> yeah. So, slight change of plans. I know on the last episode, we said that we would be covering the film alone this week, but we'll be covering something else that is entirely my fault because I picked the movie without looking at the calendar and realized we had already selected a movie. But don't worry. This is actually going to be amazing. And we will be covering that on the next episode. But tonight, we have something extra special. We're going to be starting a very exciting, I think maybe monthly, we'll, we'll work out the details, mini-series in the lead up to the reboot of this franchise later this year. We are going to be covering Hellraiser, the original from 1987. And to do that properly, we had to bring on the best. We had to bring on the brightest. <laughs> we had to bring on... The most prudish. Larry and Justin are here, Johnny. <laughs> What's up? Welcome, guys. Yes. yes yeah, up? Uh, I, I would like to uh, say, first off, I am not the prude one. No, no, he, he is not. That would be me. <laughs> proud prude, proud anti-prude. <laughs> so how are you guys feeling about tonight? Are you excited? Are you excited to get your soul torn apart? I have kept very quiet. My yes. thoughts on this, even with Justin, uh-huh. we recorded last night. I kept things very close to the chest, so I'm finally yeah. He didn't. Excited. He didn't give away anything. I'm excited really? to, to discuss with everybody, to unveil, to open up your own puzzle box of information, something like that. Is it going to be called the Lerald Lament? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. Thank uh, you. <laughs> How about I, you, Justin? I, I am excited mostly because the only films in this series I really remember are the first and second one. And then the I believe it's the eighth one. It involves a house. I, well, I guess oh. that's what it's doing. <laughs> are you sure that's not just the first one? Yeah. It, it involves a house party. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I actually worked at Blockbuster at the time that it came oh. out. Oh. So I got to I got to see it a month early. Unfortunately, it was not the lovable Hellraiser that I had grown to love. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Think, it's going to be fun. I think we might have to do like a saw kind of thing where we watch a couple of the good ones alone. And then we just <laughs> shove a few <laughs> shitty ones together. I don't <laughs> like, know we'll what have you're the talking ones, about. <laughs> the ones where they're like movies that were just scripts they turned into Hellraiser movies. And then the ones where Doug Bradley's not even in them anymore. So I haven't seen any of those ones. Those are the ones I'm probably the most interested in because, I mean, they're yeah absolutely hated. Yeah, I'm a little bit bummed out. After I watched this, I did do a little bit of digging, not for future movies, but like just trying to like look around. And I saw that Julia was actually supposed to be the the big bad going forward, but people like Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is correct. She was meant to be the villain of this series, but the pop culture just grabbed a hold of lead Cenobite, as he is known in the first film. Mm-hmm. 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 Misogyny! <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right so i feel like we need a little warm-up question so i have prepared a warm-up question for you guys oh man all right okay all right at what point in the movie did the awkward boners begin for you was it hell was it julia's two mescent shoulder pads when did it happen Ooh, good question. Uh, now are you are you asking uh are you asking ch- current justin or teenage justin 
all it of the depends above. on who has the better answer yeah <laughs> there you go i have a feeling it's gonna be teenage justin i mean listen when i was a teenager anything right i mean that's, that's how it is <laughs> when you're a teenager i will say the one thing i remembered from this movie was the frank sex scene <laughs> <laughs> so apparently that actually got cut down the the original cut involved a lot more spanking and got an x so they had to cut the spanking well thank you for taking my notes that i had rachel <laughs> oh no <laughs> I'm so sorry. i'll cut it i'll cut it i'll cut it <laughs> oh no no you're leaving it in i'm not saying i have to I'm live gonna, with my I'm shame repeat it yeah <laughs> So I'm very proud of you, Justin, for taking my question seriously. I did not expect answers. Oh, of course. Always. So my answer to that um, <laughs> will be very different. Um, we talk about this a lot when we review the film properly, but I was prepared for like deviancy. Yeah. And like just a lot of explicit sex and stuff. Yeah. This movie is not that. No. <laughs> I told you. Oh at no. all there was no. so there wasn't like really anything sexy for me i was well how much we review it but i was astounded by the gore yeah blown I'm... away by the practical effects and all the gore yeah so that so on that note it would either be frank's strewn body across the room at the very beginning mm-hmm. or his initial crawling out of the floor so So, that's what i mean we talked about this before i was like it's like how i was scared to watch saw the thing you have in your head is not actually what you're gonna get yeah like it's it's, i was i was always not yeah i was always under the impression that the the whole thing was like erotica wrapped up in a horror film and it's not it's really not oh god no no i mean it's inspired by the kink thing like the queer kink scene in the 70s -hmm. uh, and ongoing but that's not what it is it's weaved into the dna of the film but it's not like just a lot of you know whips and well, i mean lo- chains yes but like, not so much whips and i also watched all of dragula with you i was like you're gonna be fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm going to see way more explicit <laughs> yeah i mean i'm going to see the dragula live show like and we got like the the meet yeah. read tickets so, like yeah i I, I don't know i i just for some reason in I my think... head what i had been told or what i had understood it to be was that we were gonna get like a like a softcore porn mixed with like gore and like sex torture and shit, and that is not this. No, no, no. no, no. Somebody lied to you. Yes. I mean, I think. I mean, also we're like a husk of once we what we once were as young people, and it's probably much <laughs> more shocking when you were hearing about this as a teenager. Yeah, I don't know your love of Dracula and how it that is so linked with like queer. Kink. That's what got me hooked when I first watched it. It's like they were literally trying to I push back against like, like the. Little... <laughs> not maybe i'm just saying the aesthetics of it the, the aesthetics i it. love the aesthetics yeah, I that's absolutely what i mean love. yes mm-hmm. right so what you're saying is this movie awakens something show. even further in larry oh my lord <laughs> oh no <laughs> the hellborn heart unleashed <laughs> <laughs> so how about you mars are you excited to talk about this tonight i am i mean this is the first time i've seen this movie too and i've oh, never really seen... is yeah, it really I've... Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought yeah, it was just me. Think. Okay, perfect. Nope, you and I both. And I've never, I mean, obviously I've never seen any of the other ones either. And so I wasn't scared of what I was about to see, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting, like at all. So I'm excited to talk about it. 
interesting as usual justin and i are the creeps on the show i know right how does it man every time this happens every time (laughs) all right so plan for today are we're once again going to basically just steal the format of here's johnny i feel like it works best for us we know what we're doing larry does math it's great we love it i have it all pulled up ready to go <laughs> excellent no i you know i never even asked you do you when you we do these do you have a separate doc of hierarchy of movies or do they just get moved into the here's johnny ranking? yeah so what i do is if people are interested to go to the website i have the here's johnny media ranking excel or google sheet mm-hmm. um so if it's on stream queens i just put an asterisk below the film like in the score breakdown that we did it on stream queens but i actually slot it in the here's johnny reviewed media master list That's so cool okay cool so it'll be interesting to see where this ends up on your ranking i am i am very curious because like i said i i'm excited to talk about this movie yeah i have no way of knowing how usually i can kind of guess which way people are going to go with these Mm -hmm. this one uh is a real question mark i feel (laughs) like and i feel like it's not going to be middle of the road i think it's going to be a hard no or a hard yes emphasis on hard I'm sorry. I I'm gonna try not to troll you too much, Larry. You're good. But I will You're say good. I was I was playing Legendary Encounters Aliens uh-huh. with Jody before the show, and this is one of her favorite movies. And she she was encouraging me to try to make you find a game that makes you say dirty words. <laughs> <laughs> So your prudishness has become Stream Queen's lore at this point. Yeah, I mean, anybody who got to be there along the journey for my sweet Audrina, my my live reaction. Oh, it was amazing. Had the audiobook read to me. Oh, Lord, that was a journey. Are you ready for a return to V.C. Andrews? Because I think that's going to be happening soon. And promises were made of a return to the... I, I did say that if we went back to V.C. Andrews, I would come back for another ride, so... Okay, because we're we're getting we're gearing up for heaven next, and that that's the one. I'm the, just the hoping I can actually find the paperback and not have to have someone read that to me. <laughs> See, I feel like that's part of the experience at this point. I feel like you have to go audiobook for VC Andrews. Oh man, you can't have the buffer of a boy voice in your head. Like no. <laughs> you need someone who sounds twelve talking oh, about my like God. <laughs> the things. The things that happen in that book. But anyways, we'll save that for another episode. All right. So as you guys always do on your show, we're going to start off with a little section of what you've been watching, doing, playing. I believe Justin has a little story for us in this <laughs> it's section. Like, guys, it's really not that interesting. Okay. So on that case, you're on the spot, Justin. <laughs> Lay it on us. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, playing. So like playing? I don't know. Experiencing uh, some VR chat today. Because, uh, well, Rachel, you, you know, uh, Ra- R- Randy and I have been talking. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'll, like, mess around with it. It's It's been a very long time. So I went into just, like, the, there's, like, a welcome room, basically. It's, like, the let's party room. So I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm sure there'll be lots of people there, and it'll be fun. This is in the metaverse? You know, it's in VR chat. So basically, okay. it's not the actual metaverse metaverse. That's uh that's a whole separate app, which I am interested to try out because apparently it's horrible. <laughs> I, I, I went, First but... episode, long, you guys got it figured out. <laughs> I, well, so I, I went into this thinking, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow, right? Like whatever happens, happens. Uh, and then a bunch of people were just like dancing. So I went up to them, had my mic off because I'm a creepy weirdo. And they were like, oh, <laughs> hey, hey, cool. Hey, cool. Mr. Alien. And then they dropped a portal and they were like, come follow us. And I, oh, no. Okay. Never like, follow them to a second location. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. 
Uh, I did. I think technically now I've been to a VR strip club. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they brought me to a strip club. <laughs> and uh, there was uh, uh, <laughs> a Bart Simpson uh, in a bikini dancing around, which was very weird. Oh, no. Yeah. This is um, so perfect for tonight. <laughs> and then uh, there was a, uh, oh, what, what was their name? Uh, Lady D. Uh, was there? Oh dear! From uh, Resident Evil. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it was got just, it. Fuck, got it, it was weird. And then the slurs started coming, so I was like, "Okay, I'm, I, I'm, I'm out of here." Like, Bart Simpson and a thong. Yes, slurs. I'm out. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, it, it was weird. It was it, it was definitely weird. So I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, hey, that was my day, I guess." <laughs> so okay, I'm sorry. I have follow up questions. I can't yeah, absolutely. So, so were the naked Bart Simpson? Were those actual other people in VR and like that's their thing they do and they go in there and they dance or were yes. those NPCs? Oh. No, those were other people. Okay, can you tip in VR? Are these people who are actually working or is this recreational grinding? It is recreational grinding. Okay, so they're not even getting paid? No, can I Can you get a lap dance and will they give you the girlfriend experience? They're just doing it for the sexual thrill. I mean, if you want, I can find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes i want to know i have follow-up <laughs> questions okay I, I think there's a way to like go into like recently visited portals and i i will go <laughs> i will do the research which also is the name of the strip club <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird though it was like can you screenshot in vr how i can don't I... know but I, can... I don't actually want to go to the portal but i want to i can record you. it <laughs> this is sounding like the beginning of a Black Mirror episode, yes, where all of a sudden absolutely. Justin just keeps going back, just keeps going I, back. I, to guys, the I, just, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it, guys. I just I have to. I have to go back. They miss me. <laughs> oh my God, Bart Simpson! Something happened when you and Bart looked into each other's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Wow, that's wild. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that if you know you anything you make is eventually going to turn to some sort of porn. So I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that the metaverse has. Well, so that's so interestingly enough, after that is when I was like, I need to jump into the metaverse thing while it's new and like everybody's in it because I want to see the fucking the weird stuff that people are doing. That sounds like quite an adventure in the metaverse. I cannot wait to see what you discover next. <laughs> I, I will say I went and downloaded all the uh, quote unquote metaverse social apps oh and uh, i don't know they're downloading and basically next time i get a chance i'm gonna just float around and find out what happens so when you say social apps what does that mean so there's like a bunch of these like social rooms basically it's like uh have you ever heard of like rec room no i mean okay. like i've heard of a rec room so basically it's just like vr chat rooms but like you can move and like do other weird stuff okay oh like oh other weird like stuff. <laughs> got it yeah you can uh, ej got it yeah you can ej <laughs> uh did but you just coin a new phrase yeah that you did you did oh no <laughs> don't let this be my legacy <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I await your latest dispatch because I have a feeling there's going to be no shortage of sites. Oh, no. It's going to get wild. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. How about you, Lerald? Sure. Uh, I watched some Dragon Ball Z movies. Um, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. I watched a bunch of those last night when I was trying to beat Brilliant Diamond. Because I'm not going to start Arceus till I beat Brilliant Diamond. I have the 8th gym badge. I just got to go beat the Elite Four. So I'm hoping to start Arceus tonight. But uh, today, I actually took a vacation day. Today, for my birthday, instead of Monday, because I have a big meeting I need to attend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yay, you got the day off. So Justin and I watched The Day the Earth Stood Still. That was um, a patron for selection from Eddie. Yep, listeners of the show know Eddie well. Yes, and uh, he actually sent us an audio clip from him explaining why he picked it, and we were talking about how awesome. amazing his voice is. Is it not the best freaking voice? It's a really awesome voice. It is amazing. Voice. It's yeah. so good. It's, it's gr- so good. It's a great voice. And I have to get nice. Bloodborne beat. Good luck. <laughs> That's life. How about you, Marzi? Seen anything good? Read anything good? Played anything good? Done anything I... good? Finally watched all three of the Fear Street movies. <gasps> Finally! 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 And they sucked, right? The worst. Oh, awful. Waste <laughs> of my time. <laughs> no, I'm 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 glad that you kept pushing that because I, you know, I probably I probably would have, you know, quote unquote gotten around to it eventually, but you know, yeah. I was looking for something to watch last weekend and that popped up and I was like, you know what? I it's time. I gotta start actually watching the stuff that Rachel wants me to watch. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not mad. It was good. It's a good time. It's a genuinely good time, I think. Yeah. And then just by chance Immediately after the third Fear Street, I watched a movie on Shudder called The Last Thing Mary Saw. Mm-hmm. Have you oh, seen this? I have not yet, but I know about it. And it was weirdly right on topic. And really? so I was like, oh, the irony that I just randomly picked something that was almost exactly on topic, but much darker. It's good. Yeah. We I got I got to pitched it, to it, but I didn't get around to it. But we should definitely do it on the show. Yeah, I was gonna say we, if you if you haven't seen it, we might have to do it for the show. I will Just now. I mean, I will wait. I will watch it with you. Yeah, good, absolutely. good. Oh, and I watched I uh, watched Slacks too. Oh, <laughs> did the you first have fun time. with that one too? I did. I was surprised. I didn't. Based on the description, I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And then I watched it. And I was like, oh, I've been missing out. This was fantastic. It's so much fun. Have you guys Have you guys seen Slacks yet? I don't know what that is. Nope. Well. You, it has like a famous Canadian actor. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're continuing this. <laughs> I mean, it does, but I'm just fucking with you at this point. It's about a pair of pants that is killer. It's a killer pair of pants. It, it eats people. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's actually really good. Okay. We all know some people love movies that are so bad that they're good. I have less patience for that. Like, I'm kind of Team Larry. I don't really enjoy bad movies that are good. I think movies that are good are good, and movies that are bad are usually bad. Yes. This one's pretty good. Even though on concept sounds like a so bad it's good, it's actually just a good movie. Yeah, it's actually just good. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was expecting so bad it's good, but it's actually just good. No, it's really fun. It's a yeah. fun movie. It starts off, you think it's going to be pretty flinching with its gore, and then... So yeah. can't start eating people. <laughs> so, I love so, the eye pockets. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Is it like rubber? 
it's better than rubber rubber okay, is good. too conceptual so we talked to the director when this came out and it, it definitely is an anti-fast fashion kind of conversation about environmental and social impact of fast fashion it's sort of the theme of it but it's mm -hmm. presented in like a very fun tongue-in-cheek gory way it's like fun sort of garbagey sort of b-movie but it actually has a lot of depth to it i don't know i think you would like it it's good it's a lot of fun i really liked it nice yeah. Awesome. So I haven't really been watching much of anything either. I did read The Hellbound Heart in preparation for this and really liked it and reminded me of how much I love Clive Barker's writing. So I need to, I've read a handful of his books and but I, I haven't got around to the books of blood, which are what he's most known for. Um, so I, I, I picked up a copy of that. I'm going to listen to that next. And then I tried to get through Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. You can't even get it at the library because it's just so freaking popular because TikTok blew it up. Have anybody read this thing yet? No, but wow. you told me about it and I have no idea. I've never heard of it because <gasps> I, yeah, can't get I, through it. What is it? So it's about these two, it's these two women meet on like a queer some sort of forum and it starts off really innocently and then they start engaging in sort of like a dom sub relationship over the internet. It's yeah, all yeah. chat logs and shit. And right away, the dom is getting the sub to do these really fucked up things. And I got to a point where it was like an animal cruelty scene. And I was like, oh, Aww. I like barely got through it. And then right after that, it was like a baby torture scene. And I was like, why oh, the no. fuck is this so popular? Yeah. And but here's the thing is, I will stay the course if it's ultimately worth it. But no, I'm trying to get somebody who, not trying to get anybody to listen to it. But if anybody has, I need to hear, is it more of this? Is this that? What is making it so, because it's shocking, making it so popular? Or is there like there, there? Because if, if it's worth it, I will persevere. But if not, because it's only three or four hours long. But if it's, if it's not, and this is what, if this is what people are signing up for, I'm out. <laughs> I yeah, just, that's. That sounds rough. It, it was rough. It was those two scenes. And then the next thing that she asked her to do was basically infect herself with a parasite. And so she was walking oh. her through the process of eating rotten meat to get a tapeworm. So I was like, I think maybe I'm not the audience. For this. <laughs> Honestly, when you were describing it to me, this reminded me a whole heck of a lot of uh, what's a book called we read, Justin? I'm blanking on it. American Psycho. Mm -hmm. Oh, that. A lot of the time with that one, we, we reviewed it, Rachel. Like, it really felt yeah. like we were just doing this to see who could gross the other person out the soonest. This feels a little bit in that vein, but I mean. <sighs> I see the potential for it turning into something interesting because it's very psychological about how love bombing works. And, and I don't know, there's, there's some interesting stuff that's happening, but I'm worried that the people are freaking out about it because it's just so fucked up, Yeah. which I mean, you know, no judgment. I like shit that's fucked up, but this is, if that's all it is, then I'm like, eh, I'm good. So I don't know if anybody out there has, has listened to it, please let me know. All right. So Mars, let's move on to our, our review of this episode, but before we do so, can you please give our listeners a spoiler warning of how we operate here? So, we are going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to spoil it a little differently than we normally do. We're not going to go through top to bottom and talk about, you know, all the plot points. But we are going to talk about everything that's worth talking about in this movie. So, if you have not seen Hellraiser, I suggest that you stop and you go watch it now. Um, streaming on Amazon Prime. I think it's worth it. I mean, I didn't... I went in... So cold. I try to go in cold to everything because Same. I think it's more enjoyable that way. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, Hellraiser, Pinhead, these are things that if you watch horror movies, they're things that you're familiar with, even if right. you've never seen it. And I was, this is not the movie I was expecting. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I was, 
so if you haven't seen it at all, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize Pinhead. You should watch this Unspoiled because it is coming out of left field. <laughs> right. I will say, did did anybody else's version say that it came out in 2019? No. No. Oh, yeah. It said it came out in 2019 for me. But I mean, obviously, that is not the case. And it, it, was, it was. Are you a version. time traveler? Oh, apparently. Did you slip into another universe briefly where this movie came out in 2019? Oh, shit. Mandela. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? It's going to be all right. We're going to guide you back through the fog. Hey, back you came, you came back to the right timeline. That's what's important. <laughs> yeah. Is it the right timeline, though? Really? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Take me back. Part of me hopes it's not. I know. It, wait. Is there a path to a different timeline? Can I follow you through that you portal? Like I will go into the strip club if it's a different portal, <laughs> if it's a different timeline than this one. I will say that's interesting because this was pre and post you going through the portals. Maybe they really did guide you through a whole other yeah. universe. And this is all just a simulation anyway, so... Oh my god, Black Mirror just gets more intense. <laughs> Black Mirror intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Marzi. Okay, so now we'll start with, I guess, the background. So, Justin, you did the research for this one. Tell me a little bit about this here movie film. Okay, so Hellraiser is a 1987 British horror film uh, written and directed by Clive Barker and produced by Christopher Figg based on... Clive Barker's 1986 novel, The Hellbound Heart, which I actually, I know we talked about it, Rachel, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. Did I send it to you? I don't think I did. That's my fault. No, what? No, that, yeah, whatever. That's okay. Send it to me after this. I will. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, uh, the, the film actually marked Barker's directorial debut, which was very interesting to me. Yeah, it had a budget of a million dollars and its box office was uh, $14.6 million. Did I say billion? I meant million. Billion in our hearts, though. Billion <laughs> yeah, in billion hearts. in our hearts. <laughs> Clive Barker had to make some cuts during the film because the MPAA gave it a X rating originally. Mm-hmm. Apparently, two two and a half shots were cut. One was the first murder uh, with the hammer, mm. and apparently, it was like it was just like a super close up of the hammer in the guy's head. Sweet. The second one is where julia murders a guy a guy the actor who played the victim wanted himself to be naked during the scene and like they filmed it that way <laughs> wanted That's himself to be naked okay. yeah he, he, That's he a felt very he, elaborate he, way to he, make he feels like it, it, he felt like it made sense for him to be naked yeah it's interesting he, yeah <laughs> right he just wanted to get his he just wanted to get his dick out you know yeah yeah <laughs> but obviously they replaced it with like a uh, clothed version of that kill. I wish and... there was just CGI boxers floating in front. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And then one of the other ones that was cut was a close-up of uh, Kirsty's Kirsty sticking her hand into Frank's stomach and like pulling out guts and stuff. Oh. Ugh, God! Which cool? Yeah. Apparently, uh, the guy who played Frank, his ent- all of his lines were dubbed over by another actor. I wondered. That makes so much sense. Yeah yeah right i i I couldn't find out who the actor was because it's still sean chapman who's like credited as playing frank interesting yeah i'm sure if i like really really looked into it i could find out but go into how does he feel how does he feel about it right like how would you feel if he you 
acted in a movie and then it was like, no, oh, that's not me. That is weird. Right? Yeah. One of the other things was that uh, in a post-production party, Doug Bradley was dismayed to be ignored by the other cast members of the crew. And it's because nobody recognized him without the makeup on. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Which would suck. I mean, yeah, but. I mean, especially because I feel like it looks like Doug Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, right? Like it's it's. I mean, obviously, yeah. There's like nails and stuff, and you know, like a lot of stuff, like kind of covering his face in a weird way. But I don't know. I, I feel like it looks enough like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, when Clive Barker first showed this movie to his mom, she <laughs> apparently cried tears of joy uh, oh. seeing her her son's name in the opening credits. <laughs> And he apparently told her that that would be the happiest she would be for the next two hours. <laughs> I'm curious to see. I mean, I guess there could be worse people to be the parent of in this because he's yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a nice, cute, weird moment, I guess. And and apparently, uh, Chatterer and Butterball actually had dialogue in the original script but all the like prosthetics and makeup uh, you couldn't like understand them so all their lines were given to the female cenobite and pinhead mm. which i didn't realize but some places called the female cenobite deep throat yeah which oh. weird yeah she has two names yeah yeah <laughs> we're gonna call yeah. sister Nic- nicoletta <laughs> <laughs> wait sorry what what is the other one Sister Nicoletta. Yeah, I asked her earlier in the chat because I was curious because mm-hmm. she was one of my favorites. Yeah. Interesting. I believe you referred to her as Vagina Throat. Vagina Throat. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, so, so the only other like two real things I wanted to bring because I want Larry to get to uh, making himself uncomfortable talking about this movie Woo. is uh, apparently it took six hours to apply the Cenobite makeup. Yeah. Specifically on Doug Bradley. Why? Mm-hmm. So there's a really good episode of uh, behind the Mon- behind the monsters behind the mask behind the mask. I don't know. It's the series that's on Shutter, yeah. and there's one on Pinhead, and they talk about the way that the prosthetic is actually attached. It is the full face prosthetic. Interesting. It's, it's not just wherever the pins go in his head. It is an entire face on top of his face that has to be put together, and then the all of the scars are the sort of lines where they connect. But over the course of his his, uh, I'm I'm not trying not to steal any more thunder here, Justin. So stop me. Oh, what I know, go for it. That over the course of the show, he became he'd had it put on so many times, he became the expert of putting it on. So he started applying it to himself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he actually has a credit in I th- I don't think in this movie, but in the future movies, he has a credit as like the yeah. makeup artist. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a really great episode. I would highly recommend it. I watched it because Jody suggested. She was like, you should. If you're getting ready for this, you should watch this. And she was right. It was really, really good and informative. And apparently it'll make you steal Justin Sunder. So sorry about that again. <laughs> no, that's, you know, you're good. Uh, the, uh, the the only other thing I really want to talk about was, yeah, apparently uh, Doug Bradley had trouble hitting his marks uh, because of the black contacts, contact lenses. Mm-hmm. So he's like always scared of tripping over his like skirts. <laughs> i guess that's probably like a bad combo there's swinging chain hooks uh of black contacts and a long skirt Ooh, i could go real bad <laughs> so larry i know the format is a 60 second synopsis and part of the fun of this is the torture of a 60 second synopsis but i'm torn between my desire to draw this out <laughs> if you would like i can do 
I can do a slower review and allow you guys to enjoy it. Okay, excellent. I think we're oh, going no, to. Well, if you if you go too slow though, I'm going to EJ. Okay, so just okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Okay, I got to keep bringing it up. It's got to be a thing now. Okay. Yeah, right. I think the fourth time it gets referenced is when it's just locked into the <laughs> forever. So if you get another chance, Justin. <laughs> so the film starts off with our boy Frank buying a puzzle box from a mysterious man. And no, this is yes. not going to be a Gremlins kind of movie. This is a different kind of prize he takes <laughs> probably home. shouldn't feed them after midnight either, though, to be fair. And immediately he goes home, strips down naked, figures out the puzzle box, and then the room fills with chains and the Cenobites are there. And this man, we don't see it, but literally got ripped to shreds. And we see... One of the most gory sequences like I have seen in a long time. And I've watched Saw with you guys just recently. I was shocked <laughs> at the amount of gore. <laughs> and when they when they pieced together his face, I was kind of prepared for his, like, maybe he'd still be alive. Because what I understood of Hellraiser is that, like, these things torture you for eternity. That was always my understanding. So I was surprised to see he was, like, dead. All right, so time goes by. And uh, Frank's brother, Larry, which was unfortunate... <laughs> and his wife, Julia, decide to move into this house. Christy, their daughter, moved with them, but decided not to move in with them. I, I don't know why, but, she, but she's, she's in town. It is during this kind of move-in sequence where we realize that Julia is uh, a bad, bad, bad girl. And she and Frank <laughs> had a very intense and dark uh, affair behind larry's back and as far as i understand i don't think larry ever knew no, not that it matters no. larry when he's moving a couch and did not pivot properly <laughs> slices pivot <laughs> slices his hand and for some reason like walks it goes up to julia like in like a state of anger and shock it goes her fault it was really weird but anyway he's bleeding all over the floor in the sex dungeon room and julia goes out to help him and then we get one of the absolute coolest scenes i've ever seen because the blood fell on the floor and in the book apparently mixed with semen oh and sorry continue sorry. okay <laughs> and uh frank is reborn but he's like skeletal like he's just barely there and he had escaped from the cenobites and julia discovers him and julia is still in love with this frank and realizes that to bring him back she needs to bring him bodies so Julia starts going out to bars and stuff and bringing back men to revive Frank. Something that I don't understand we can discuss in plot is I don't understand why she just didn't keep doing that until she like got him fully back. Because all of a sudden it kind of switches where Christy, Kirsty, Mars Kirsty, Kirsty, Kirsty. I told you I was gonna do it again. Where Kirsty is talks to her dad and uh, her dad's like I think something's wrong with Julia. So Kirsty starts spying on her, sees. Her bring a man in there, goes into the house, and that's when she discovers that all is not right. Frank attacks her, tries to have sex with her, which was something. And she steals a puzzle box, runs away, passes out on the street, and ends up in like an insane asylum kind of situation. It's a hospital, I think. Okay. What, what is what does Frank say to her when he wants to have sex with her? Come to daddy. <laughs> I felt Wait, really uh, uh, Larry, gross. can you say that a little bit slower? Mm -hmm. Come to daddy. 
Oh God, no, 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 no! <laughs> Ring tone, patrons. <laughs> so, so uh, at this point, she's in the hospital. There's like, you're gonna hang out here. We're gonna figure out what the hell's going on. Like, you're covered in blood. We gotta figure this out. And she starts playing the puzzle box, and she opens the door. She starts going through the door, and this like, have you guys played South Park: Stick of Truth? No. I, I doubt it, right, Justin? Have you played it? <laughs> Yes, of course I have. Okay, so there is a boss in South Park, The Stick of Truth, that reminded me of this monster. You can you can have you can delete this if it, if it offends anybody, but it's Kim Kardashian's aborted fetus. Oh my god! Oh my god. And the way you fight it, like the way that game is, it's like it's like side, it's like side by side. So it's just this big, like nasty, skinny, fleshy monster, and it literally reminded me of it, like immediately. So anyway, she gets chased by the aborted fetus down the hallway, closes the puzzle box, and locks it up. She goes back home because she wants to tell her dad everything. But too late, Frank and Julia killed Larry. And for some reason, Kirsty doesn't realize this, but Frank's, like, wearing his skin like it's a face-off situation. But, like, in face-off, there's no (laughs) surgery scars, right? And this one, you can literally see the pus, like, coming off of, like, where the skin was attached to the face. And again, I don't understand why they didn't just keep doing it. Oh, I forgot something. The Cenobites were at the hospital. And the Cenobites are like, where you, you, you summoned us. We're going to take you to a world of pleasure and pain where all eternity you're ours. And she's like, but wait, like someone escaped from you. And they're like, who? And they're like, Frank. And she's like, take us to Frank. So they go, she goes home. Finds out that her dad isn't really her dad. Frank's wearing her dad's skin. Frank wants, starts chasing around and... Kind of wants to do her, kind of wants to kill her to, like, finish his transformation. Accidentally stabs Julia and decides, well, fuck it. I'm just going to absorb all your essence, too. So Julia gets killed on the stairs. They go upstairs. The Cenobites take Frank and rip that motherfucker apart again. <laughs> and, oh, when his face is pulled apart and he's, like, staring uh-huh. at her, the uh-huh. practical effects in this movie are so amazing. <laughs> just so, so, so cool. So she's like, okay, I, I please the Cenobites to let me go. But no, the Cenobites want her too. She's able to use a puzzle box to send them away, tries to escape. The aborted fetus is at the door again, starts attacking her and her boyfriend, who shows up for absolutely no reason. I wish he had never came. Like, it was stupid he was even there. He's lame. Yeah. Send them away. The house burns down in a really, like, weird fashion because there's, like, a chair just sitting there burning for no reason and, like, ashes. Like, there's no rubble. And she puts the puzzle box in the fire and this homeless man who has kind of been in the background the whole time walks up picks up the box lights on fire turns into this winged bat monster flies away (laughs) the puzzle box returned to our creepy man in the cafe shop and he's selling it to someone else yep that is hellraiser and not at all apparently what mars was expecting so not even not even close close (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into the plot of this marzi what did you think about the plot of hellraiser so i mean kind of what i already kind of touched on being like i knew of the movie hellraiser and i knew of pinhead but given that it's like you know what i thought was your standard 80s movie horror monster murder movie i really thought it was going to be more of just someone someone's pinhead and then they just spend the movie trying to escape him and figure out how to send him back to his dimension or whatever and then when it was entirely not that i kind of it was a pleasant surprise because this was so much more than Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be just your standard you know 80s horror movie and 
I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by how, first of all, it didn't follow that standard procedure, but also it was gross mm-hmm. in the best way. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And I actually, I do like the plot structure. I like the pacing. There are some things where, you know, I mean, standard of 80s horror movies where we're just kind of watching Kirsty sneak around a, a the house a little bit long, you know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. But there were yeah. so many, there were so many really good mo- moments in here. And I, I mean, I didn't love the end, to be honest, but I mean, it's kind of standard of the, ho ho, the puzzle box is back in circulation kind of ending. But (laughs) I mean, overall, I was really pleasantly surprised. Okay. I was not expecting this. Excellent. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of go back to looking at this as like just itself because Mm -hmm. I have seen the other ones Mm -hmm. and I kind of know where they evolve from here but, for better but or for worse <laughs> for that yeah okay yeah. yes that that's a nice way of putting it yes <laughs> i think that this one by itself is the pace the pacing for me for this movie is actually very weird mm-hmm. but it works mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of like stop and go stop and go and it's like, but when it goes, it's like, it's going like pedal to the metal, I guess you could say. I fucking hate that saying, but yeah. It, it's, balls to the walls. Balls yeah, it's going the balls to the walls, man. But, but yeah, and then it kind of like completely slows down. And it just never lets you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of in that way, it gets under your skin, which is honestly nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like how this movie plays out. I like the kind of like super hokey ending uh, where it's just like, dude, it was great. I was just, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, he was a demon personally. That's what I thought he was. Um, he's a, he's like box guardian apparently. Uh, oh, he always there's, got a name. There's lore about these, these creatures that are the guardians of the lament. So, so I will say that, that, that is one of the most interesting things to me is that like, this kind of sets a bait. Like I, 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 again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if it goes more into it. In no, the book, no, but the, this, this that the the way the story ends is Kirsty gets the box back essentially, and so all this last act or the last half of the last act is movie creation, but it's so, created by Clive Barker, yeah, which is interesting. Well, and, yeah. and it's it's weird knowing where some of the sequels go. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Rachel, have you seen the some of the sequels? Some, yeah, I've seen okay. the first, particularly four. the second and third one. Yes. Okay, it, so it's weird that he created a new narrative. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's it's Those hard not to talk to... about the other ones. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to talk about the other ones with it uh, with it uh, spoiling it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, let's save it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I do like the way this unfolds, and it, it's I think the fact that it was Clive Barker himself really helped because I mean, obviously he knows what he wanted he wants to say with his i mean it's his work right mm-hmm. so and, and i think for a first directorial debut i think it's a fantastic job and it's a fantastic adaptation especially for his first try yeah considering it was a teeny tiny no budget movie that they intended to put on home video yeah that's wild yeah. that is absolutely wild to me mm-hmm. the moment we've all been waiting for (laughs) so even though i am the the movie guy over on here's johnny there are a lot of classics that i haven't seen and i'm kind of tackling them along the way with justin right 
I saw yeah. Alien for the very first time with Justin, and then the reason why I never watched it before is because I thought some I had some weird kind of like alliance to Predator, so it was stupid. <laughs> but I ended up loving it. But we watched The Exorcist for our 100 episode special. I did not like that movie. That is a thing that happened. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then recently we watched Aliens, and I, I did like it, but not as much as I wish I could have to be there with Rachel and her love of it. Mm-hmm. I had this similar to Mars. Like I, I was not expecting what I got when I sat down to watch this movie. I fucking loved it. <gasps> Yay! Like from beginning to end, it took so much self-control to not look what movie, like what happens in the movies coming next. Cause I want to continue to be surprised. Uh-huh. Like I looked at the comics a little bit. I read, read up about the book and stuff, but this was great. Like I love like the spurned lover finds her man again and like was to bring him back. Like I, I really love that dynamic. Like I like Kirsty being the person who's discovering this because like the way she discovers it kind of makes sense. Like she's like she's not living in the house, right? So like this shit wouldn't be that apparent to her. I like all the characters except for like when I say I like I. I feel like all the characters are very true to what we expected them to be. Mm-hmm. The Cenobites are were very intriguing, and I want to know more about them. <laughs> Pinhead was probably like my least favorite, maybe it's because I already knew him or knew mm-hmm. of him. But like Deep Throat was probably <laughs> my favorite. Uh, She's great. I, I, I liked Butterball. I liked the way how he looked like a giant like molded thumb. The Chatterer, like. <laughs> They were just all super cool, and, like, I just felt like the story, like, took its time. It Similar to, like, you think back, like, when we meet some of the most iconic horror emblems, right? Thinking Michael Myers, thinking um, Jason, not Jason, um, Freddy Krueger. Like, we don't see a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, they're very, they're kind of held back. And that's kind of the way of the Cenobites. Like, their screen time... It's probably less screen time than what Anthony Hopkins had when he won the Academy Award in Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. They hold him back really well. And I just loved it. I thought the plot, I'm a little bit afraid to go further because I don't know what's going to come next because (laughs) I liked the very cyclical nature of it where it's like the box knows there's these deviant monsters out there. And it's like, sure, come, come test your limits. And yeah. these just masochist demonic monsters are just coming for you, and like they'll they don't know when to stop, right? Mm-hmm. And man, I don't. Wait, know. you mean so when they broke their their agreement, that didn't that didn't surprise you, or did it? Uh, did it surprise me? Ugh. So a little bit, a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. So I one of my favorite book series as a kid, and I've reread it since. It's called The Demonadas from an author named Darren Shan. It's young adult. But it's literally based around this one lord demon who was like put a curse on a family in order for them to break the curse. They have to beat him in a game of chess. Hmm. There's more to it than that, but that's kind of it. But the thing is, yeah, with, yeah the general. Yeah, but the basically. thing with, with Lord yeah. Loss, who's the demon in that, is that when he says something, it's true. Like no matter what he says, it is true. So I was kind of looking at the Cenobites similar to Lord Loss, so I was a little bit surprised, but these things are just so far beyond our understanding. Like these aren't really demons, right? These are like an extra dimensional. Yeah. Like monsters. 
Mm-hmm. And right, yeah. I don't know, man. I just I loved it. Like I I will watch this often. I think this will be like a, like a nice. an October watch because I really really enjoyed it and I thought it was really cool. And the fact that Clive Barker got to bring his own story to life, and we'll talk about more of the cinematography. But I also thought for a first time director, it was pretty good. It was eighty shtick, but it was pretty good. And the gore, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just, I really have nothing negative to say. I liked all the characters. I thought the characters worked well. I think they established who they were when we met them, their kind of personalities and how they interacted with each other. And, like, Frank's this deviant fucking monster, so when he tried to fuck his niece, like, yeah, okay, that that follows. <laughs> like, like, it's fucking gross, but, like, I... I yeah, sure. But that's come to daddy. That's, that's the journey we're on, and and I don't know. Like, like I I am going to be reading this book. Like I'm, I have to finish one for my friend Matt. But this book has now entered my stack, and mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And, it. and it's in a way of like I don't know. Like because Interview the Vampire, I liked that movie the first time I saw it when I was a kid, and I tried reading the book, and it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm the target audience for Anne Rice, but that's fine. There. <laughs> but but this one like i don't know i it, it's right up there with ailing with me it's like one of the ones i wish i had seen sooner but i'm kind of happy i didn't because i was really able to enjoy it and mm-hmm. it's really good and i am just terrified i've heard good things about hellraiser 2 mm-hmm. but that is the Absolutely. only other one i've heard good things about i've heard this shit derails in a bad way and when i saw oh, yeah. on wikipedia there's like nine of them <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm like i honestly kind of just want to stop here just let this be it because like it was just no no uh, you <laughs> no. want to see the second well, I, one, I, I know but what yeah. i'm saying is like i just i loved it like it was just Aww. it was just good and there was also that relief that i wasn't going into like this bdsm softcore porn movie yeah. where i was going to talk about it with you three for like two hours like <laughs> i really wasn't ready for that i don't know if i ever could be ready for that and <laughs> Man, I just I'm just so happy. Like this is this was such a fun movie and just all around I, I I really liked it. I really, really did. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, like here's the thing is I, I like to troll you. I don't actually want to torture you. <laughs> like I don't want to make you think. <laughs> you want to make me watch some of those unhappy. ones with the the, the the dildo, the Amityville dildo or whatever they were talking about. <laughs> I mean, not yet. Excuse we got to work up to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, what? Who's, Do you not know about this? Me. Who was talking about <laughs> that? There's a, there's a whole franchise, Justin. So uh, I don't know if you've had any real, I mean, aside from when you were on the the Christmas special, I don't know if you've had a lot of interactions with one of my co-hosts on Zombie Girls, Sarah. No. So one of her things that she does on, on the Zombie Girls is... Uh, occasionally and we're hoping to make it more of a regular feature in 2022 but she does a master porn theater uh, (laughs) where she reviews a horror themed pornography (laughs) so she's done the amityville dildo she did i can't i can't remember all of them but she's done a handful of them and we're always scouring the internet for more i think we have a an edward penis hands review coming soon has she done the uh hellraiser one no, I not yet, but I think we maybe we should get her on for that. Yeah, that's important journalism. That is. <laughs> that's what we're calling it. Okay, Mars and I will just but listen she... to that one later. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's fun. We want to get her like a smoking jacket and get a camera on her so she can do like a full set her in front of a fireplace. Yeah, exactly. I mean, her wife is 
not thrilled that we've turned it into a regular feature, but you know, anything for art, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, that was like a big fear of mine too. So like, it's everything just kind of worked together and came out well. And I just, I, I'm, there's some issues with audio, but as far as plot goes, nah, this was, this was really good. I, uh, I am excited. Yay. And it's just, it, like Mars already mentioned, like there's now there's just apprehension about seeing it derail. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. and it's going to, and, 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 I can assure you. And I don't know if you felt the same way when you watched the first saw Rachel, whereas like, that's like a, like a good movie. That's like a, a yeah. good film. And you uh-huh. just know that. That train is just heading towards a brick wall. Yeah, and we are... I think you just have to get into the joy of of how bad it's going to be and have fun processing it, and just do a little separation from the original because Clive Barker is not really involved with the later films. I was going to ask at what point did he bow out? Like, uh, I think after two. Okay, so similar to James yeah, Wan, where he three had a is hand a and then he died, dipped very out. different vibe. Three is a very different vibe. Four is interesting. Okay. After that, well, uh, so that that's the thing is they're not all, well, they're not all bad, right? Because they they do some of them have interesting takes on some stuff, mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong, Larry, some of them, oh, they're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we'll there, get there. Well, there I, I will kind of semi spoil one. Uh, there is one I believe based around a video game. Oh no! (laughs) So plot, yes. I, I mean, obviously, I love this movie. Part of the reason I wanted to do this is because it's so fun to share a movie that you love with other people, you know, that haven't seen it for the first time. But there's also a lot of trepidation, right? Because you're like, are they going to just totally trash it? And it's fine. People are allowed to have differing opinions. But there is a special feeling of just being like, yay, you love something I love, and I got to talk you into watching it. Yay! Um, So that's that's really fun, but. I think a big part of what I I love about this is that it is such a rejection of sort of that 80s puritanical attitude towards sexuality. That was a decade just full of these slashes that equated sex with death. Yeah. You know, especially it was during the AIDS crisis. And so for like a queer filmmaker to come out and make this movie that talks about how complicated, complicated sex is rather than sex equals death, sex equals bad, that there is like parts of sex that are very dark but for instance Kirsty is a sexual person she yeah. has a sexual relationship in the film that has absolutely no ill effect there's no social stigma around it there's no punishment she has not become a victim or vulnerable to being a victim because she had sex her with dad's someone. almost it's... like supportive of her at the dinner when she's like flirting with the guy oh my god that was so that awkward. was awkward that was, that was a little weird that was a little weird but <laughs> i mean there's a lot of little weird and a lot weird in this Come but i think daddy. that yeah but i think for that time period especially it was it was it was kind of a rejection of that kind of attitudes around sexuality mm-hmm. as and i think what's great is that it's sort of presented as this is going to be another slasher film but instead it's something totally different we go in a totally different direction it's almost gothic horror with you know a bunch of arcane stuff so it was unlike everything else that was trending, but it was kind of presented as it was like a what do you call it? Not a bait and a switch, but like a in a good way where like they bring you in and then like present yeah. it with something totally different. It's a rejection of all and of it kind that. of bounced off really of that. Compelling. I was going to say this for cinematography, but a big thing for me that I like too. We mentioned this like with Dragula, like 
like I've watched RuPaul and it's cool, but like the thing about Dragula is like I like how it's like regressive is the wrong word. It's like that really darker subversive 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 this is a, it's sub- extremely subversive yeah it's yeah. a subversive side of like queer culture because like i think now mm-hmm. like, especially since it's become so mainstream which is a good thing like it's all like been glamorized and capitalized and like mass sold so i yeah. prefer this like darker side of it and like i can definitely see what you're talking about with the cenobites and everything and i don't know it i was gonna say for some talking about the, the it's the way this movie looks and the gothic nature mm-hmm. of it all like yeah it and I didn't know Clive Barker was actually queer. So I did not even know that. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool to know that. Yeah, this a lot of this movie was actually taken from his time in the 70s when he was doing sex work and going into a lot of SM clubs. He himself is kind of in the middle of the spectrum in terms of personal kinkiness. But when he was doing sex work, he would go to these things and he saw the nights where, you know, like it was more of a party atmosphere. And then there was the nights where it was like serious SM where like they did not have drugs or alcohol or anything because they were doing like actual blood stuff. They were, you know, like cutting and piercing and doing stuff like that. And so that a lot of that inspired him because he wanted to sort of talk about how sex is sort of the great equalizer. He met politicians and celebrities and judges and but once you get into these spaces where it becomes sexuality, like we're all just people. So that was also kind of a part of what he was talking about. Yeah, I really love Julia. We have not talked about her yet, but she's such a great sort of villainess in this. Julia's character could have so... I was going to say this for audio, but we talked about... I guess the plot makes more sense. Her character could have so easily have been like that cheating wife, accomplice mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to her, and when I read that Hate she those. was supposed to be the villain, mm-hmm. I was very bummed out because she is the villain in this movie. Like, yes, you have the Cenobites, mm-hmm. and yes, you have Frank, but she is the architect, and she meets her end because she put her faith in Frank, and she shouldn't have, and she should have known better. But I think mm-hmm. seeing her come back and being the face of this franchise would have been really cool. Like I said, yeah, it was cool. Maybe it's because I already know him from like pop culture but he was not the cenobite or the character that like stood out to me yeah i think that's that's fair i think part of what makes her so compelling like you said there's much more there Mm -hmm. i they she could have been a cookie cutter character but like in the story there her all of what she does which is so it's not it is partially based in lust but it also is a deep sadness and a loneliness and in the in the book, it talks about she has this realization when she has a chance to be with Frank again, that she he broke her heart when he disappeared mm-hmm. on her. He crushed her heart. And she's ever since then been mourning and trying to put her heart back together. So like what she does is monstrous and there is no excuse, but it gives a level of humanity to uh, a character that I think in other hands would be just like a mustache mustache twirling villain i was trying to think of another hair and i was like you know what rachel there has to be a line you have to stop (laughs) (laughs) so often we see that character being like the spurned housewife just kind of lets things happen to her but she is an active participant in trying to Mm -hmm. change her world to better i mean the actions she takes and the world she's trying to recreate for herself are very dark and Mm -hmm. awful but right and that is a toxic relationship she's trying to read 100 percent. but like it it's just it's just different and like i just i i liked her like i i like i said i i i thought it was cool and i i for this to come out in the 80s you know mm-hmm. and especially with all of like the censorship and 
the studios and everything they were trying to be forced on everybody like i i don't know i just really thought all the characters were cool and like the character i cared the least about this one the least amount of time on which was larry like i didn't really care more about him he just he was part of the scenery right and yeah you were like do better by us larry yeah and it was just i i don't know <laughs> He was so creepy. They're almost sexy. And I was like, I felt I felt like her. I was like, no, I can't yeah. bear it. No, I can't get him off her. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I loved all of her sort of seduction scenes in the bar. Her whole aesthetic, her whole 80s villain The David aesthetic. Bowie. Oh, I, with the gigantic earrings and the, she, just the absurd shoulder pads. I was like, oh my this is pleasure and pain they could for have me easily have cast david, <laughs> david bowie in that role and it would have been like shot for shot like okay then i would have ej so it's, <laughs> it's for the best know. there it is <laughs> but yeah i loved all of her eyeshadow the whole aesthetic it was, was so good it was so it good was i was there for it all right so let's get scores starting with justin what is your score for the plot my score is an eight and a half. I actually really like this movie. I've always loved this movie. I think it's just, oh, this is something classic about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Marzi? What's your score? Uh, I gave it an eight. I also really enjoyed it. Not even just beyond the surprise of this isn't what I was expecting. I actually just really mm-hmm. liked it. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this a really high score. I think that there's a little bit of goofiness at the end with the re-putting the puzzle back together. So I can't give it a full 10, but I'm going to give it a nine. The the end did not bother me. Like I said, it felt like Gremlins. It felt like a cyclical nature where it's just going to keep yeah. on going. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I gave it a ten. I was. Oh! I had nothing negative to say. I really, really the liked elusive it. ten. <laughs> Jody's going to be so happy. We were kind of like, <laughs> oh god, he's going to hate it. This is gonna, your two favorite movies. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, now let's move on to visuals and things we like. Let's start with you, Marzi. What did you think? Visuals. I cannot get over the grossness. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So the practical sticky. effects are amazing when Frank is reborn from the floorboards. Oh, oh and even when so he's fully out and he does that that crawl with the limp, the limp legs. And, oh, so creepy. <laughs> and the Cenobites are all so good. The weird hallway worm monster thing. Mm-hmm. So gross. So great. I just... I loved all of the practical effects stuff. And then even non-practical effects, there's some stuff like the first time Julia murders a man and then she's washing up in the bathroom and she looks into the mirror and gets that crazy look in her face, mm-hmm. you know, on her face. You know, there just there was a lot about this visually that I just was so into. I can't I mean, I don't want to take everything, but I can't get over the practical effects. Oh, and when, like when Frank's face is getting ripped apart the second mm-hmm. time and he licks his lips. And, oh, he's oh. so gross. <laughs> So gross in all the best ways, but that I think my favorite for me, the standout is Frank being reborn from the the blood and the floor and the apparently semen also that I didn't know about until today. Yeah. Oh, the way those legs come out or the arms. The shooting out of the floorboards. Yes. I've never seen anything quite like it. And it looks like when you watch time elapse videos of plants bursting out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, so good. Excellent. I've nothing. I mean, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting too wrapped up in the in the practical effects. But oh my gosh, I just I loved it. It was so good. I mean, I feel like it's as it's it is like the thing quality of that scene mm-hmm. in particular. And but nobody really talks about it in the same way. So I yeah, I, I'm so delighted that you enjoyed that. How about you, Justin? I, I think the Frank reborn scene is like 
D scene in this yeah. movie. I mean, it, it, it is filled with like a lot of these like great practical effects scenes, but that is like the yeah. scene. I, I think it's just, I mean, it still looks fantastic and it just like, it makes you feel uneasy watching it. And I liked the, like every time uh, Frank killed somebody, you know, obviously he like comes back a little more. I, I loved each like stage of that mm -hmm. i don't think there was ever mm -hmm. a stage where i was like oh he kind of looks goofy no like every single stage looked really good mm -hmm. and I, I don't know you also kind of see as he progresses to be more human we see oh my god i'm blanking on her name how can i blank on her name julia, julia. kind of degress as a human right like mm -hmm. she is kind of like losing herself mm. as he is good point Right? Like, she's kind of, like, she's getting crazier, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think you can, like, tell just by, like, how she's acting and, like, how she's looking even in those scenes. She's She's got, like, the crazy eye, right? Like, I, I hate saying that, but she's got the crazy eye after a while. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, I, I do think the demon at the end, uh, the box guardian, was a little, like, hokey, but I think it, it was very fits. end of golden child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it works, though, for this. And, I mean, you have great scenes as that man before he uh, transforms when he's eating, like, the bugs oh my God. in the, pe I was the pet talk store. Oh, my God. I was going to talk about that. Yes. Ugh. So it's... just, like, ugh, <laughs> disgusting. And, I mean, I think this movie kind of revels in its, like, disgusting nature. But it, it, it never, like, lingers on it too long. I don't think so anyways. I think it's, like, just the perfect. It shows you just enough. Mm -hmm. To make you feel uncomfortable and like appreciate it, and then it's gone. It's on to the next thing. It doesn't feel like if it was used as like, oh, we're gonna gross you out, so we're just gonna do stuff for the sake of grossing you yes, out. Yes, exactly. It felt well used and well, and like everything like, had a point, yeah. right? Like there was a point yeah. to everything. Nothing was like, yeah, like you mentioned, it wasn't like it wasn't like a hostel, right? Where it's just like right. here to gross you out. It's like that happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like this is gross for a reason. We're yeah. using this to develop this movie better and not like we just want to make people squirm. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And I, yeah. and I think like all the Cenobites look great. Butterball has always been like a weird standout, to, not like a standout to me, but he's always like looked weird to me. Mm -hmm. Big old thumb. It's those teeth. Yeah, oh yeah, it's because he looks like the thumb, right? But yeah. like, but it's, so it's just weird that like the rest of them have like this like overwhelming like terrifying presence and then he just looks like a rich guy <laughs> who looks like a right. thumb who's like he bought his way into the cenobites basically Either that or he's the little shamil they let hang out and then they kind of like yes. smack him around <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like make him pick up all the the parts <laughs> he's gotta go do butterball work <laughs> I don't know. He he's just like always like stood out. I mean, obviously, no, I can't say anymore because I, I almost spoiled yep, something. But yep, uh, nope, yeah, nope, yep. But nope. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Cenobites look fantastic. I think all the deaths are like really cool, and like we don't linger on them. Like I like I said, the, the, the deaths in this are very quick. Obviously, except for when he uh, Frank gets pulled apart by the chains. Even that was like I, I loved it. I think it was disgusting, but I loved it. Yeah, the aesthetic of this with all of the the SM stuff is really amazing because, I mean, for one thing, it was something that was not very much in pop culture at that time. So I'm sure it was like, if you saw this in 1987, your brain was probably like, Phew. if you were not in the in the culture or I guess a big 
Judas Priest fan because he also pulled all of his aesthetics yep. from Queer sure King. Did. So stylistically, I think it really is cool. In that, I was telling you about that documentary on Shutter. They're talking to the costume designer and she's talking about the design and the creation and how the point was to create these windows where you could see like torture had either occurred or was still actively occurring. I don't know. It's very arresting when you look at it. It is unforgettable. Pinhead's design is unforgettable. Whether he's your favorite or not, he is iconic looking. And I feel like, you know, it's it's one of those things where there's only a handful of things that really kind of stand the test of time as being totally, wholly original. And I feel like Pinhead is definitely that. Nothing that came before him looked like that. Nothing that's come back, come after him has been able to kind of do that thing that he has done, you know? Well, and I think there's a reason why he's like a cultural icon, I guess, is mm-hmm. like a weird way to say it. Like he's a horror icon, right? It's yes. because of his look. It's because of his look. I also think his performance is pretty great. Oh, his fantastic is. Yeah, and I know I'm getting performance is fantastic, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, aesthetically, I think it's really cool. I loved, I loved all the '80s ridiculousness because, of course, I did. And the the scene with the the bug eating, the fact that those gra- the way that the grasshoppers looked, were both. And this is something that I think is a through line through the entire film is just this mixture of grotesque and glamour. You know, they're beautiful. They're actually beautiful insects that he's eating. If you look at them, they're like yellow with black and white spots all over them. They're like beautiful. But it's paired with this revolting that he's like shoving handfuls of insects in his mouth. I don't know. I I, I love the way that they, the aesthetic plays. Also, like sort of thematically plays with this idea of pleasure and pain, grotesque and beauty. Okay, cool. So, Larry, how about you, my friend? So you guys you covered, like, all the ground, right? Uh... <laughs> sorry! Yeah, sorry. You want to talk not, about sorry. hell? I guess we didn't talk about that. Uh, we talk about Frank's but bullet. But basically, you guys, like... <laughs> we can talk about the sex scene, Larry, your favorite. Yes, right? yes, that Teddy. For a 80s film and for, for a first director, he had some of the tropes, like, Rachel, you talked about, like, the, the shtick, and that was there. But, and it was fine, like, I don't mind that at all. It was the gore, and it was the use of gore, like you, someone else said earlier. It was the use mm-hmm. of gore without it being like a hostile or like a later Saw film where it's meant to repulse you. It, it all fits in this world that they have created. And it's crazy because it starts off with that bloody room, right? Mm-hmm. But it just feels like this is this, the vibe, this gothic, nasty vibe of the film. And it works. I liked it. Yeah. I thought of one more thing. Yeah. The 80s lightning. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 80s lightning is super, super rad. The hand drawn on lightning. And then the the hallway, which only may seem more of but where the the Kim Kardashian fetuses or whatever. I love that with the, with, the, with the obvious matte painting. I don't know. Those are some 80s details that maybe don't necessarily work as effectively as they did. But they have developed a charm for me. So, and I will always so yeah, take practical also... effects over CGI every single day of the week. So, of course, absolutely. Unless it's hand drawn on lightning, then I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, let's get into audio Scores. where we can talk about the scores. Fuck! <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> drinking tonight. What is my problem? <laughs> All right, scores. Marzi, what was your score for visual? I gave it a nine. Nice. And Justin. I also gave it a nine. And me? Screw it. Nine. Uh, Larry? Nine. Okay. Now we may proceed into audio. <laughs> I'm going to write a note to myself. Okay. 
<laughs> for score. All right. Audio. Marzi, what did you think of the performances in this here movie film? Uh, so the two standouts for me are Kirsty and Julia. I was surprised by Kirsty being our main protagonist because she's, you know, she's introduced later and the way she's introduced, I really thought it was going to center on Julia and Kirsty was just going to be that side, you know, her husband's daughter who doesn't like her stepmom yeah. kind of character. And she became that like she was so much more than that. And mm-hmm. she was I really appreciated a lot of little moments where they didn't have her do what I thought, you know, typically they would have a female protagonist do like there's a scene where she's sneaking away from Frank after she's just, you know, discovered Frank is not is wearing her dad's skin. And she opens a wardrobe and that Jesus statue pops out and she doesn't scream. She just kind of grabs it so it doesn't make a sound and then slowly eases it back in. Or when the Cenobite comes out of nowhere and pukes maggots on her and she doesn't scream because she's hiding. Or there's a it's after they get Frank and she realizes the Cenobites want her to. And she turns around and Pinhead is standing behind her and she just goes, shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Um, <laughs> And there are just so many moments that I don't think are typical for a female character in an 80s horror movie. But my particular favorite is after the a little bit too long hand slap game she plays with the fetus over the puzzle box. <laughs> and she gets it back and Steve immediately tries to grab it from her. Right? And she just like slaps his hand away and is like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> like, I love that moment. Yeah. And there's just so much she, that she does with her performance that is not your standard scared girl in a horror movie. And I mean, she's scared for sure, but she's also, you know, going to get out of this. So she's trying to figure out her way out. And I loved what they did with her character. And I was pleasantly surprised by her. Mm -hmm. Same with Julia. Again, starting this movie, I really thought that it was going to be about Julia battling Pinhead. And then, you know, it quickly became not that. But what I liked with, Julia's performance was the more, you know, like Justin mentioned, the more she was bringing victims for Frank, the more she was herself changing. Mm -hmm. And it gets to that point where she's just kind of sitting on the couch, drinking something out of a tumbler and just has that evil look on her face. And they're watching boxing and Larry's like, oh, I thought you didn't like this kind of violence. And she's like, oh. I've seen (laughs) (laughs) you know and they made her into this reveling and violence kind of character Mm -hmm. and I I really liked the way that character because I also felt like the development into that different kind of perspective was also really well paced with the movie so it didn't feel like sudden or rushed it felt like it developed alongside with the plot and I liked the way that that was handled Mm -hmm. those were my my two favorite performances in this movie i was real surprised in just the best way (laughs) yep 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 how about you justin yeah i mean i i don't think that there's like really this is kind of hard for me because i i love like all of our main characters Mm -hmm. i think they all do a really good job i think it is like the boyfriend and Larry who kind of fall to the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I mean, I think it is because we have these like great main players, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. Especially Pinhead and uh, Deep Throat. And, and I, 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 I feel like if we could get some dialogue out of Chatter and Butterball, I think they would have kind of been raised up a little bit too, because I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they don't speak. Right. So it's kind of hard to, 
judge their performance, I guess you could say, like, because yeah. it's just they stand there and one they of them goes like, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they're great lurkers, which I don't know a if it's like a, <laughs> it's a good thing or, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that when we do hear Pinhead and Deep Throat, I'm sorry. I don't remember her other name. Sister Nicoletta, but we'll, we'll accept Deep, deep Throat. throat. <laughs> or as Larry called her, the, the vagina throat. Yes. <laughs> she knew exactly what I was talking about. That's all I got to say about that. I oh, did. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I did. I'm happy you said it before <laughs> I did. But no, I, I think that, I mean, both the time, or not both the times, but the couple times we hear them speak is like terrifying and they have this like great presence behind them. And I mean... Yeah, I think the daughter does fantastic. Julie is like amazing. I I do wish that if I wish there was a way to make her and the Centibites like the future of this franchise and not just the Centibites. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she would have like carried on great, especially in like the the future when they kind of need her because the Centibites get a little ridiculous. What do you mean, CD I was. <laughs> that's the one what? I almost ruined earlier. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, no. Oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> oh no. Well, you and, wish and that was the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's not the worst one. It, it gets, oh no. It gets wild. Yeah. But no, I I think they did do a fantastic job. I I think personally, I I don't think the theme to this is like super outstanding i think it's okay but i don't think it like really punches mm-hmm. like some of the other franchises like i mean your halloween's or your friday the 13th i don't think it like hits that hard mm-hmm. it's good don't get me wrong it's good but it doesn't like it's not super memorable that's fair fun fact about the score they actually commissioned a score from an, a band called coil coil yeah yeah you already looked sorry my yeah no no you're good okay. no okay. no it's it was like come. the one that clive barker wanted to use but they for budgetary reasons cut it and went with a like a house orchestra orchestra or whatever i personally think that the score is pretty pretty great I don't, it's not reaching iconic status but when you hear sort of the piano parts during the resurrection you're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah i i do remember this from the movie but you can actually go on YouTube and find if you look up Coil or unreleased Hellraiser soundtrack, you can listen to this the original soundtrack because they released it as part of one of their albums. Interesting. Oh wow! So yeah, if you're curious, it's out there. I didn't have time to listen to it, so I'll talk about it on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, how about you, Larry? What did you think of the audio of this movie? I was really impressed when I watch an '80s movie. I'm always prepared for schlock. And mm-hmm. Justin's right, you do get that from, like, the Larry character and the boyfriend character. But luckily, they're very limited. They're very periphery. Like, they're there and they serve a point. But they aren't that important. I loved Julia's performance. Yes. I loved Kirsty's performance. I loved all the Cenobites. I know Justin said he wished he had, like, that Chatter and Butterball had talked. But, like, for me, it's kind of okay. Like, you don't. You can have your minion. Well, I, th- I I think it's okay that Chatterer didn't because he's obviously got like the mouse stuff going on. His mouth is busy. Yeah, his mouth is busy doing something else. Uh, but Butterball, man, he he does he's got to do something. Anybody else? I, I suppose this in in the uh, Tommy Girls Discord, but people were all busy talking about Jillian Flynn. But did anybody else watch Josh Kirby? Huh. <laughs> no, no. I was just laughing at. We were busy talking about. Oh, 
Did anybody else watch Josh Kirby when they were kids? I had never heard of it, but it looks I don't know what that wild. Because <laughs> I watched the trailer. Me and my sisters had this like VHS collection. It's about this kid with like, a cute little monster thing, and like they they they, they time travel and they're trying to get these stones. They're getting traveled through space, and Butterball looks like a villain in one of those movies. So like he was like, I got this, I had not thought about Josh Kirby <laughs> in twenty five years, and. <laughs> For some reason, it immediately brought it back to me, which was very strange. Isn't that weird how those things can just like so weird? Wild? And like and now, with somebody else who's seen it, to like, be like, yes, this existed. You weigh in, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I thought all the performances were great. I'm excited to see more of Pinhead, and we're getting more of him again. He wasn't the standout Cenobite to me, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am happy to know that Frank's lines were dubbed over because it was weird. It was weird, it was and it was weird. throwing me off, and it makes a lot of sense. So that did bug me. Um, I understand it. I wish I knew why. And I know why. why. So basically, it was supposed to be taking place in London. This is what makes it confusing because it's unclear where it is. It's in London, right? It's supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to be, but then they wanted to change it to America, so they overdubbed some of the actors' accents, but not all of them. Okay, because they said they went back to Julia's home, so I figured they were back in Britain since she had that thick accent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's what's happening there. Okay. Just low budge, poor decision making. But whatever, it just adds to the uncanny. It, it sure does. And it, it, it should because Frank, we've seen him in the past. It's a recollection. So that it, it made. That's why I didn't know if it was like an aesthetic choice or what it was. So that's fine. Then the theme. The theme is really good, but similar to the Conjuring. The Conjuring theme is also very good. But if you asked me to hum it for you, I couldn't. If I heard it, yeah. I would know it. And that's mm-hmm. well, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's it's good. Yeah, Don't get it's, me wrong. It's it's, it's, it's really good, but it's yeah, yeah. It's not Halloween. It's not Scream. Like you hear a red right hand, and you know immediately you're in Scream, right? You hear John Carpenter, and you're immediately in Halloween. It's just not there. And no, again, I was prepared for 80s schlock, and I didn't get it, and I was really really happy. I also posted an image to Kim Kardashian's Nazi abort, uh, fetus. If you wanted to see what I was talking about. <laughs> In the chat. Oh, yeah. I looked at it. Uh. All right. I'm clicking. Will I regret this? Probably. But here we are. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That is. Some choices were made. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. I can see some similarities. Yes. And yeah. yeah, No. Again. Like this is probably of the category we've gone so far. My least favorite. But not by a lot. Yeah. I. I. I loved Doug Bradley in this so much. I know he's not everybody's favorite, but I just think there is this, it would be so easy to let go, like full demon with it, but there's something gentlemanly and restrained Mm -hmm. that is so much creepier because it's just coming from this horrifying mutilated face. But even the mutilation itself is so regimented and perfectly aligned in this way that makes him I, I guess that's the difference between monsters and kink right is yeah. that there's like a design to it yep. aesthetically it's just so unforgettable and iconic but i think i i love the we didn't really talk about the hospital scene but i love the scene where he appears and he just is like you know it was a mistake people have made mistakes before but you called and i've we've come yep. so you're coming with us i am excited then, to see more of him 
I that, that is the one thing that's going to keep me wanting going forward is to see well him good evolve. news <laughs> you will see more i almost you'll see watched more of him hellraiser and you'll 2. Like it? i almost watched hellraiser 2 right after i finished this really I, I i know that you wanted to do it as a, as a series so i wanted to wait for it but i mm-hmm. literally almost put it on immediately okay excellent so i just love that sort of restrained performance and i love that He's a different kind of monster. If you think about Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers, mostly Michael Myers and and Jason, not Freddy. (laughs) They're these silent hulking monsters, right? And that has this kind of element of fear. But and they dominated that decade. And then, you know, Freddy spoke, but you couldn't have a conversation with him. Not until later films. (laughs) Yeah. But what's interesting is Pinhead appears to be someone you could be reasoned with, that he he could strike a deal with him. There's something Faustian about him into some degree. I definitely think that Darren Shan got a lot of inspiration for Lord Loss from Pinhead. Like, after seeing this, like, I'm almost certain. Who Who is this? The guy who did the Demonata series. Oh, D- okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and I do think that some of this is, like I said, very Faustian. So I, I'm guessing that, you know, Clive Barker's pulling from some other references for sure, as well. For sure. But I don't know. He's just so unlike any other villain from, especially from that time. So I, I, lo- I love Pinhead. I love Doug Bradley in it. I think he's terrifying. He also looks a little bit like an ex-boyfriend that I have, which is troubling Ooh, and erotic. Rachel. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Wait, um, hold on. <laughs> like erotic. In, I mean, you know. Come to daddy. Title title of your autobiography, Troubling and Erotic. Mm, It would like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving forward. So yeah, I love that performance. I think that Julia is a camp demon and I fucking love it. And I think Kirsty is a smart, grown up final girl in a way that she's not rewarded for her purity or for her male adjacent behavior. She's just like... They didn't try to recreate Jamie... Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. He let her be her own thing, and it worked really well. Right. She's just another way that this movie really subverts the sort of mainstream. If there's a sequel um, to time. the Final Girl support group, I hope we get one of her characters. <laughs> right. That'd be good. Yeah. So let's get scores good because job, that's a thing Rachel. that we do. Nice. <laughs> Mars, what is your score for audio? I gave it an eight and a half. All right. Justin. I also gave it an eight and a half. All right, Larry, lay it on me. Eight and a half. Like I said, it was the lowest yet, but come on, help me, Justin, do it. Like, it's not iconic. You can't give the full points, and then... Yeah, you can't give it a The overdubbing was also weird. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel I didn't write down my scores this time. I've been just kind of, like, gutting it out, and and I think... That's how we always do it. That's how we always do it here, Johnny. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good. All right, you know me, usually I take more extensive notes, but I don't know why. For some reason today, I was just like, I'm gonna wing it. I'm Mars. (laughs) You know what's weird is I took extensive notes and I wrote down my (gasps) points and my scores beforehand. I never do that. It's like how your cats used to change personalities. You and I just (gasps) did it. Are we in a different timeline? (laughs) Did we all cross over? (laughs) Hey, it is the... the, uh... The third film of 2020, so you never know. Right. All the rules are out. You learned that in Scream 3. That, that is and true. Harvey oh, that is right. That is correct. <laughs> and I have been feeling an overwhelming burge ger- to take the scissors to my bangs. I guess I should have this as a warning not to do it. <laughs> I'm not kidding, too. I was like, maybe I need bangs. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Do it. No. Do it. Just like, just like Cox. Do it. Don't be afraid. <laughs> 
Bangs. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this yeah I think eight and a half is fair because of the the good but not iconic score and yeah eight let's go eight 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 and a half I mean eight and a half eight half okay all right cool so that just leaves how scary this movie is Justin why don't you go first this time how scary is this movie this movie holds up in ways that other movies don't and mm-hmm. I think it's because. I mean, a, a lot of the movies from the 80s have a heavy reliance on these practical effects, and I think it works really well. And I, I don't know. There's something, like, really creepy about Frank and when Frank was in Larry's body, and it was just, like, skeezy and got under my skin. I mm-hmm. think the Cenobites, even Butterball, are terrifying. <laughs> the, like, weird... Poor Butterball. <laughs> yeah, poor Butterball. <laughs> Um, the the weird like hallway monster. I forget what his actual name is. No, he. I mean, what's that? Is that I don't actually know. I mean, now I he's just Kim Kardashian's stuff. Nazi fetus. Like that's canon <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it> now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think like even he's terrifying. I mean, Julia gets terror like scarier as the movie goes on. I think the way that the centipedes just kind of like show up. Mm-hmm. are it's just like super creepy especially because they i mean they are like these extra dimensional extra dimensional like beings who i mean thrive on pain and pleasure right so it's like it, it's scary that even though kirsty did everything they wanted they still were like no we're gonna take you anyways yeah i, I don't know i i think this one sorry i'm sorry if you heard luca, I was like, yeah, luca I has opinions <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's always got opinions. I love him so much. You have no idea. <laughs> well, one day I'll get some more pictures, I promise. Yes, God. Um, <laughs> Pleasure yeah, no, and I, pain. I, I, I got to see one picture and it's been nothing but pain ever since. That, that's, that's, that's where I go. You know, pe- you know, you peek him back off, peek him back off, right? That's... <laughs> Are you edging with oh. your cat? <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I mean, Larry, you had to know this this was going to go somewhere. I feel like we've been Uh, very good tonight. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It had to come in somewhere. Okay. Uh, But but no, I I think this movie is like genuinely terrifying. And especially knowing what's coming next. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) not to give too much away, but I think this is the scariest the series is going to get. Yeah. I don't remember the like scariness, if you will, of two. But I know after that, it's kind of up in the air a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I think this movie holds up really well in like the, the quote unquote, like how scary mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Marzi? I actually thought it was pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, like the things that's now in my slideshow is the end of Frank's rebirth when he's crawling across the floor and his legs are limp and it's just the arms and in the way it was lit. So he was mostly in shadow, but just enough was seen so that you could be like, Oh, that is, that is not okay. And it immediately like in my head was one of those things where if I came across this, oh no! I mean, my soul would exit my body. It would be like, and we're done here. There's (laughs) nothing else for us. To accomplish here. <laughs> next next turn, please. Thank you. And I and the, the concept that the Cenobites seem so structured, mm-hmm. they seem so purposeful. And then the fact that they go back on a deal like 
oh, we knew from the beginning we were going to go back on this deal. Until they do that, it feels like one of those things that you can be sure of where you're like, well, but Kirsty made the deal. So all she has to do is fulfill her end and then she's good. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, uh, we're sorry you thought that. <laughs> we're going to take you to hell heaven now. Thank you. Uh, scary. Scary. So I actually found this movie pretty scary. <laughs> all right. Cool. Cool. How about you, Larry? Uh, similar to both of them like I, I i do agree the gore was fantastic the pain and like the way they showed it was all really really great the body coming out of the floor was just going to be something that i'll, I'll never forget and i'm actually surprised in all like the comp videos i've seen of like the best scares the best scenes from like horror franchises or horror movies i'm surprised i have never come across that before that was the first right? time i've ever seen that and it's really really good but for me i, I know justin whenever he and i review movies like the house scary is always very different for he and i and for me, I think the thing that really kind of resonated with me and definitely made this scarier than I was anticipating it being is that for as gothic and dark and like pseudo-religious that this is, I could see this happening in the real world, right? Like there is no puzzle box, but there is, there are these complicated relationships people have, right? And yeah. I think the, <laughs> I, I, I think the, Julia character is so much more realistic. <laughs> Sorry, I will mute myself. Is, is so much more realistic than like the woman who just lets the world kind of pass her by. Like that's just not how women are. It's not how anybody is. And so like the fact that she was trying to make a change and the fact it was a toxic relationship, which also rings true too, it felt so real in a way that I wasn't prepared for when I went in to watch it. And then the Cenobites, they're just intimidating. And like, I'm a little bit afraid because I, even though I'm excited to see more of them and I know they have a larger role going forward, the fact that they were so like kept in the shadows and have this very mm -hmm. minimal impact. It's, it's the same thing I felt with like Silence and Lambs, right? Like Hannibal Lecter is this elusive character. We get very little interaction with, and then you have Hannibal and you just get so much of him, Trash. and it just kills you, right? And it just kills the mystique behind it. But I don't have that yet. All I have is this. And I thought it was great. I thought it was scary in a way, like I said, I wasn't prepared for. And the scariest thing for me is, like, this does not seem that far from real. It, it seems mm -hmm. like it's just a shade off of the world we actually live in. And I know everybody else doesn't like it, but the cyclical nature to me, even though I did make the joke about Gremlins, how it, like, it kind of continues in a circle... That also seems real too, right? Like the puzzle box wants to be opened again. Mm -hmm. Like the Cenobites want someone to call them and come play. And the fact that it like it's just going to keep happening. Like these people have their experience with it, but it's going to come again. And I, I don't know mm -hmm. that, that that kind of shit always sticks with me. So yeah, no, I totally. And I don't mind the box at the end. I was more just like the we get this monster, then this yeah. monster, and then she's yeah. doing the... That's the part that was like, this is a little goofy. But I do... I agree with you. Actually, it's the same thing at the end of the Shining movie where the the Overlook is still standing because you know somebody else can fall back into that trap. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this movie is extremely effective, which is my new stand-in for scary because I'm dead inside. But I think <laughs> the way that it uses gore... Is still really effective, even if you're someone who thinks you've seen it all. And like, I thought I had to. I thought Eli Roth right? had shown me all I was going to get, and that this oh, movie no, no. starts off and just shows me that no, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 oh no, no, no. 
<laughs> and so I think that really works. I think the psychological part, part of this is really effective. And, and I think you nailed something that I hadn't really put together was how it's just sort of a shade off of reality. You take the magic out of this and this could be a really upsetting psychological family drama. 100%. And I think that that lends itself to making it more disturbing. Mm-hmm. This isn't disturbing in a way where you're like, oh, I need to take a shower, which I think maybe you had anticipated. Yes. It's more disturbing in a way of like, oh, this feels a little too. Like this stuff happens. This stuff, yes. Yeah, this, these kinds of really upsetting family dynamics and exploitation do occur. 100%. And then I, I think, yeah, a, the design of the monsters are really cool. I think I remember being, you know, 14 and watching this at a slumber party and it rocking my fucking world, even though I didn't get it. I definitely didn't get it. And I feel like this is definitely a movie that you see as a kid and you think it's one kind of movie that you see it as an adult. And you're like, oh, this is a whole different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And so you get it twice, you know, and that that's always a lot of fun i think but by far the scariest thing in this movie is frank's nails and thinking this guy's gonna go touch a vagina with those i know and and (laughs) the toucher too like like that's how i call deeper love friends for him it's it's a lot i mean he is like a yeast infection machine with those fucking nails (laughs) they're so upsetting (laughs) blood and semen that's Um, all he is <laughs> so yeah, I think this movie's really scary. So let's put a number to it. Mars, what's your scary number? I gave it an eight and a half. Nice. Uh Luca, what is your scary <laughs> number? Meow. Eight. <laughs> Larry, what's your scary? I gave it a nine. Like I said, the the thing for me, similar to you, Rachel, like I've seen so much and like the jump scares and stuff stick with you, but for me it's more like how real things are similar to like What's the movie? Uh, Gerald's Game, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like, this could happen. This is a little bit shaded yeah. off of that. But yeah, I gave it a nine. I was yeah. really, really impressed. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine too. I think it's very effective. All right. To review the scores right. then for plot, yeah. I gave it a 10. Justin gave it an eight and a half. Rachel gave it a nine. And Mars gave it an eight. For cinematography, got nines across the board. Similarly in audio, we got eight and a half across the board. For how scary, I gave it a nine. Justin gave it an eight. Rachel gave it a nine. And Mars gave it an eight and a half. That gives it a Stream Queen's final score of an 88%. Dang. The, that's a good score. In the Here's Johnny list, it is actually tied with several things. Um, it is oh. tied with the Blair Witch Project. Wow. The Evil Dead remake. Shit. The Forest video game amazing these are amazing things to be tied with season one of haunting of hill house right above it yeah we have alien and aliens which both have 89s and right below it we have the 2018 halloween amazing that's a good spot to land great spot to land i feel good about it literally love everything you named yeah Yeah. again for for how nervous i was going into it i had such a great time. I really, really did. Oh, Larry, I did too. Nice. That's so awesome. I'm so glad. To be honest, going into this, I was kind of like, yeah, this is a movie we're going to watch. I yeah. didn't feel strongly either way, but I'm so glad we did this. I would not have watched this on my own probably because, again, I had written it off as this is just your standard 80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. Eh. You know, and it is not. Oh, no. <laughs> it is not your standard at all. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Bruckner does with this, right? Because he's going back to, he's not doing a sequel. He's not doing a reboot. He's going back to the source material. He's going back to Hellbound Heart. So we're going to see a new version of Julia, a new version of Kirsty. Oh. Or, oh. or we won't, maybe not, won't see a new version of Kirsty. If he goes really, cur- like, go, I mean, yes, but it'll be not, not his daughter, Kirsty. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which way he's going, but we're going to revisit this. When you were talking about like, oh, I hope they really maximize the Julia of it. Maybe. Maybe. Now I'm excited. I didn't know that there was going to be a reboot until tonight. I don't know. That's all right. What conversation I missed, but (laughs) whatever. But I'm super excited now to see what this new take on it is going to be or this new whatever edition or whatever it's going to end up being i'm excited now yeah yeah i'm i'm very curious what david bruckner is going to do with it because the night house was really scary surprisingly scary and it, he took like a really standard sort of haunted house thing and put a really interesting spin on it so i'm curious to see what he does with Hellraiser. i guess we'll find out we just gotta wait for that release date Come on, come on, Hulu. Let us know. Does it have does it have like a 2022 release, yeah. or is it just like oh, okay, yeah. interesting? I wasn't sure if it had like a kind of a blanketed year release date yet. Or I not, mean, I so. think they may even be done with production on it. I think it might be in the can. They've got a full cast on IMDb, but there's no names attached to them except for Pinhead. Yeah, from what I was looking at online, it does look like it's closer to being done and coming out than what I thought. Like October. I'm guessing we're gonna get it in October. Yeah, I'm guessing we're getting it in October. I guess that that's it for the review. So, Marzi, back to one of our format things. If you were going to, when you watch this again, because you liked it, what will you be partaking in? What do you recommend people partake in, uh, adult beverage-wise, while watching Hellraiser? So, this is, I also came prepared for this one, Rachel. Oh, my and how God! I've been doing this, and I planned ahead. I, I, this is weird. This is, I don't know how to process this. Am I growing up? Am I regressing? <laughs> <laughs> Are you franking and I'm Juliaing? What's going on? Are we slowly Freaky Friday? The slowest Freaky Friday ever. Ah. Anyway, so I actually thought about this so- sort of ahead of time. I mean, I thought about it today, okay. but I still showed up to the show with it already I'm in impressed. my head. So, you know. It's a white tequila, first of all, but it's something that I just recently got to taste because I actually bought it as a gift for someone else and then was encouraged to try it, and I did. And it's amazing. I don't know if you're tequila fans, but it's like the smooth, doesn't need a chaser, super, Ooh. super good. But the reason why, and I'm gonna, I'm about to post the link in the uh, cast chat, is because of the bottle it comes Oh, oh this thing's going to be kinky. It is called the Sangre de Vida Corazon Blanco Tequila. I just sent you the link. So, blood of life. Oh my god, that is a that wicked. That is rad. Oh man, perfect choice. So, for everyone who cannot see it, it is, it's a white tequila. It's delicious, by the way. I'm not even a big tequila fan, and I did not need a chaser. It was, it's so good but the reason why i chose it is because it comes in a bottle shaped like an anatomical Rachel, you have to bring that with us rad, oh we're drinking this and in the, michigan oh, just pass it yes. around the fire and yes. the bottle is the glass bottle is red so i mean because the tequila is white but the glass bottle is red so it's even this this beautiful color it's amazing it's so good but the bottle is really really what brings it to this 
to this conversation tonight. Yes. I mean, all the reviews are like, this is so smooth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. It's so good. It's crazy because I'm not really a tequila fan, but I tried it and I was like, I'm prepared to breathe fire after this. And instead, I just breathed out. Like, I just breathed in more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dang, this looks rad. And it's perfect. It's the hellbound heart. It's the hellbound heart. So good, Mars. I'm so impressed. Look at me doing my homework. <laughs> I still drank during this entire podcast. I didn't even but, ask you, know, what are you drinking steps. tonight? I'm on my, my third White Claw right now. <laughs> Ooh, what flavor? I'm on tangerine currently. We started on pineapple, Ooh. moved to mango, oh. and now I'm on tangerine. Ooh. God, you are just having a delicious alcoholic fruit salad over there, and I'm very jealous. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I just I always get too drunk on these, so I was like, okay, tonight, Rachel, you got to be soaps. It didn't really make a difference, so I'm drinking again next time. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So we did get some listener feedback. I think maybe we'll save this for the next episode because there's a video element and it is, um, it comes from our listener. A video element? Yes. Our listener, Doug, has provided us with a video that he thinks that Mars should be the first of your foot fetish videos. Um, and it involves stepping on hard things and soft things so look forward to that on the next episode that is patreon content that's when you get mars's poor face in a zoom call and have her watch it right i think i just felt my organs well i mean that's funny that you say that because he's trying to get us to do this he's like if you want to make money on patreon this is there is a whole series of things you can do you have mars well originally it was have ariel do a foot fetish video and make that would be the first video and then mars would watch it mars would react and that's the next video and then i can't remember what the other ones were <laughs> but i there but i want like, i did i want to stay here? friends with Ariel. <laughs> I... you're like you want to be able to look her in the eye again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll save that for the next episode all right so but if like our friend doug you want to send over a message or a foot fetish video whatever the case may be you can do so by emailing us at rachel at zombiegirls.com you can hit us up on our facebook page you can find us on instagram and twitter at zg podcasts plural if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar on the zombie girls website that's grrlz.com uh where we keep track of all the spooky doings happening over on uh, the very streaming platforms as well as on video on demand and if you like the show leave us a review on apple podcast or wherever it is you get your your podcast from also if you're on spotify they now allow for star ratings and it would mean a whole bunch if you would go in there and leave us a good star rating and title your review come to daddy (laughs) 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 and if you love us and want to support us and want to tell us come to daddy in a totally new forum you can join our patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you can enjoy all of our extended episode lots of lots of content i'm guessing these two guys are going to show up quite a bit uh so if you want more of justin and larry and who doesn't you can do that um probably by joining our patreon speaking of more larry and justin plug your stuff yeah, so we are the Here's Johnny Podcast. We have an episode that comes out every single Monday. We are currently in an alien season. Like I said, we just reviewed 
the day the earth stood still uh from one of our patrons we're tackling it all we're getting into like the newer alien material we're going to just talk about x-files here soon and signs and and, yeah we have a lot of fun stuff coming up and you can find me on twitter if you want to follow me at beaver la the shows that here's johnny cast and justin is now more professional and he is at underscore justin wood no, the sorry, underscore. Sorry. Oh, are you not? Yeah. Are you not a what was it? Pickle, pickle thing, thing anymore? R.I.P. Pickle thing. I know. Well, I decided I I needed to be more profesh, right? J J yeah. I C J I C. So yeah, no, I uh, get it. I get it. I just updated my my Twitter and oh, stuff. I felt too. so like shitty doing it. Too. It hurts, like, doesn't it? You're like, no, I have to have a personal brand. Fuck this, right? Like, <laughs> Well, and, and the thing is, is like, okay, so it was pickle thing, which was like, oh, ha ha ha, ha could be kind of weird and dirty, but no, it's actually like based off of like my favorite kids book. Oh, cute! Yeah, uh, pickle things is what it was called. It was like basically a book about pickles. <laughs> I've, I don't know, I love. I that book. prefer Black Mage Justin. That's how I'll, I will always remember you as the the VV loving Final Fantasy person from across the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I. uh I wish I could get uh, Black Mage Justin, but uh, no, I unfortunately signed up for Twitter a very, very long time ago, immediately forgot my password and lost that email. So I uh, <laughs> oh, can't get no. that back. Oh, so it's out there. It exists. So you just can't access it. Yeah. You need someone to hack the Internet for you because you need it. Eh, at, the, at, at this point, I'm just like, yeah, I do like that. All of most all of your names on various things are food. <sighs> Like when we play Faz, your ranch was it Ranch Joyride? Ranch Joyride. And then I can't remember what what Luke's was when he played on your laptop, but it was also oh lip but it's a uh, lip oh lip butts. Okay, no, it wasn't food related. My bad. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, whatever it can be. I guess in a little way. Poutine Daddy too is someone who uses Poutine, oh, poutine Daddy. Daddy. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, guys! I think. I think I got a weird food thing going on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is food, Find yourself Friday. Uh, is food my brand? <laughs> food is your brand. You should be writing food. You should brands. write a review I about should. the best kind of snacks to pair with certain video games. Ooh. That should be an element of your Like you're settling sure. in a place in like, like old school Final Fantasy 7 and you got yourself some Cheetos and like Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, well, no, it can't be Cheetos. Cheetos are too. Not if you're grinding. Like if like you're grinding, you only need one hand on the PS1, my friend. What are you doing with that other hand? Eating Cheetos. Oh, I mean, I was... it was it was a masturbation <laughs> joke, but you know, I I realized you're it. talking to the prude. Remember? Oh, Larry, Larry yeah. and I are innocent. We both yeah. went with Cheetos, dude. <laughs> I was gonna go funny. I thought you were EJing but... all over the oh, place. Oh no! Okay, what else <laughs> we have to wrap this up? <laughs> all right. So, for those of you at home with one hand in your Cheetos bag, next week we will be reviewing the film Alone, which we discussed last time. Alone is from 2020. It is the one about the woman in the car, not the other weird post-apocalyptic one. That one is bad. This one is good. Do not watch that one. Watch this one. And the description is, a recently widowed traveler is kidnapped by uh, someone only to escape and no this is a very spoilery that's right i made it my yeah, own one i remember the first time you did this you had to make up your own kind of synopsis because the synopsis is very spoilery yes um okay so this is about a woman who has uh just lost her husband and so she is moving and she goes for a drive alone hence the title along the way she comes across another person in a car who starts seemingly following her and uh, some spooky doings and cat and mouse uh, follows. So check that out. 
it and uh we'll be reviewing that on the next episode Hey everybody, Rachel here, just chiming in because even though I just spent a couple of minutes telling you all about how we're going to be covering the film alone on the next episode, we're actually not going to be covering it on the next episode. Mars is going to be out next episode and I want to save that movie to review with her. So instead, Justin, who you just got to enjoy listening to for this whole last episode, is going to be stepping into the co-hosting role for that episode and we are going to talk about another Clive Barker classic, Nightbreed. So, you if you've watched alone, don't despair. We will be covering it soon. The way it's going to work is we're going to cover Nightbreed the next episode. The following episode will be Hellbound Hellraiser 2. And then the following episode, I pinky pinky promise, will be alone. So, if you watched it, great. We're going to talk about it. If not, watch Nightbreed and we will see you back in another two weeks with our review of Hellbound. All right. Back to me talking about alone, probably. <laughs> That's it. Unless you were sticking around for the extended episode, which I definitely have an idea for and I'm not going to just wing it. Anybody believe that? <laughs> we are out of here. Who, which of my lovely co-hosts today would like to take us out? Mars. Mars it is. Mars, take us out. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that you watched Hellraiser before you let us spoil it. And then I hope you listen to the rest of this and listen to us talk about it because it was so much fun. Go watch Alone. It is streaming on Hulu, and then we'll be back, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, thanks for coming back. Good night, folks. Bye, everybody. See ya. Try not to EJ all over the place. <laughs> or do. Or do. <laughs> we don't kink shame. We don't kink yeah, shame. Okay. Live your life. Luca would be so disappointed in you right now. I know. That's probably why he's meowing. He's like, oh, come on. Really? <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode where the sausage is about to be made, because that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to get out my calendar. Woo, baby. This is my kink right here. A handwritten calendar. Let me just thumb through. So I am down to do it. I know the stream queens is if things are only streaming. I know Hellraiser 2 is. I didn't look any further than that. Are you going to break that rule? I'm pretty sure they're all on Prime. They're not all on Prime. But here's the thing. It's like in a situation where we're like, technically, they can all be streamable. You might just have to rent them. So can you access them on a streaming platform? Yes. So how often do you guys record stream queens? We do it biweekly. So I have us on for the next one for Hellraiser 2 on the 25th. That's what I was going to suggest is that maybe we just do it once a month and try to do it the last Friday of the month. That way it's a consistent and it's just an easy thing to remember. And if you just tell us, which sure Justin feels the same way, if you just tell us uh, what we need to watch well, beforehand, have... we can easily do it. Okay. So it would be the dates I have currently on the calendar tentatively are the 25th of February and then also the 25th of March. Um, do those work for you guys, or does that this far out? I'm sure it's we'll fine. It and I'll, I'll just book it. Yeah, but it's not gonna like intersect with like your recording day or anything. We record, record on, on Thursdays. Thursdays. Okay, cool. So I think we just need to decide too if we want to start double featuring at the third and fourth, or if we want to do the first four and then start double featuring. As someone who's never seen it, I have no idea. That is, just so, yeah, same. I mean, you've seen them more recently than I have. I last time I saw Hellraiser three, I was like. 
16. I don't. I don't remember Hellraiser 3. It's is the, the super problem. I know that's where one. it starts. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe talk to so, Jody, right? If she's well, the big fan, yeah. maybe she knows the best way to do it. Right. I think I think we should do the first four individually. Unless okay. Yeah, cuz that's the thing is a, I know four. Yeah. I well, I know four is like like you said it's from what I remember. It's interesting. It's like better than 3. <laughs> um but after that oof. And the other oh, thing, no. too, is, like, let's say <laughs> the, the Hellraiser remake has a release date. Like, let's just say all of a sudden we find out that it's coming out, uh, like, June. We can ramp it up. Right. Exactly. So if we do, I'm I'm kind of, like, scribbling in my calendar here. So if we do Stream Queens on the 25th of March, the next one would be, like, the next Hellraiser would be on the 22nd of April. A week before Marissa's birthday, I'm just saying. Um, oh, yeah. So, 22nd. So, this is cast of So, if we did four, it would be in May. And then we could do end of June would be five and six. And yeah. Seven, eight, nine. I would do seven. The way we did it is I would keep the last one as a full review. Like, I almost go full. We have like a full circle discussion about where we started, where we ended then. So seven and eight, and then do nine by itself. So wait, so it'd be five, six, seven, and eight, and then nine by itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that works. That works for me. I was just thinking the two non-Jug Bradleys would go together. Wait, he he isn't in, in the last two. Oh, he's his character's yeah. in it. Intriguing. He got Uh-oh. yeah. He gets recap. I mean, it's also been like a man in his like sixties. But oh, well. also, like they're like at some point they're just like let's hold on to the franchise rights. Let's just spit some bullshit out. Like it gets real bad. Uh, it gets real bad. So that's why I'm also kind of like we might want to just slam them together. It's weird that I'm kind of excited for the bad ones. Yeah, I think sometimes watching the bad ones sucks, but talking about the bad ones is fun. And I feel like maybe it'll make. I mean, you know, it, it kind of highlights the good ones a little bit because you're like. Mm. This is what it could have been. In retrospect, think about how much worse it could have been. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So okay. All right. I'll I'll get. I will sit down with my calendar and actually put dates dates on there. But if you guys have once a month, and then putting some together sound good. That's what exactly what we'll do. I'm excited about this. I love our little mini seasons. I agree. (laughs) Should I try to make Randy draw something? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is the first time Stream Queens has done a mini See the inf- the the Larry and Justin influence. I swear, the power of your influence <laughs> changing up the whole show. <laughs> we're doing your structure. We're doing your. <laughs> <laughs>